0: Let us worship the Lord together. You thought. You thought of us before the world began to breathe. And you knew our names before we came to be. You saw the very day fall away from you, and how desperately we need to be redeemed, Lord Jesus, come lead us, we're desperate for your touch. bring up our lives a living sacrifice that you would reign that you would reign in us spirit spirit of the living god full fresh again come search our hearts and purify us we need your perfect love we need your discipline we're lost unless you guide us with your life Lord Jesus come lead us we're desperate for your touch Oh, great and mighty one with one desire we come that you would reign that you would reign in us we're offering up our lives a living sacrifice that you would reign that you would reign in us we cry out we cry out For your love to refine us, cry out. For your love to define us, cry out. For your mercy to keep us blameless until you return. O great and mighty one. With one desire we come That You would reign That You would reign in us We're offering up our lives Living sacrifice Would reign That You would reign in us O great and mighty One With one desire we come That you would the rain that you would rain in us. We're offering up our lives, giving sacrifice for the rain that you would rain in us. So, rain, please, rain in us purify our hearts we need your touch come cleanse us like a flood and send us out so the world may know you reign you reign Like a flood, and send a sound so the world may know you reign. You reign. this is my desire to walk Every moment i'm away His love The love that healed my soul Let's sing Almighty God Almighty God Before your presence I lay down my everything Dating on your amazing grace His love for me has no end It flows to my soul Like a river by His grace He has freed my soul Great.
1: Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress, I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on the Lord. He is my rock and my refuge. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. Heavenly Father, we have gathered here today to celebrate who you are, to praise who you are, and to worship who you are. I pray with humility, Lord, that we would enter your presence with hearts humble before you, O Lord. May we lay down all of our crowns and all of our rights. May we lay down all of our worries and all of our accomplishments. Lord, may we sit and listen as Mary sat and listened. As she soaked up your words and dine with you, I pray, Holy Spirit, that we dine with you here today. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need your presence here. If your presence is not with us, everything we do is in vain. And as you transition now to the message, may the words of my mouth and may the meditation of all of our hearts for those who are listening here today may be pleasing your sight, O God. For you alone are our rock and our Redeemer. We thank you. We love you. Pray all these things in your precious son. Jesus Christ, let me pray. And God's people pray. Amen. 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 And amen. amen.
0: Okay,
1: let's all take our seat at this time. All right, welcome everyone welcome to our sunday service uh, for today's message as i mentioned last week let us reference back to two weeks ago waiting in christ the sermon title waiting in christ from two sundays ago that's april sixteenth, two 2023 as the basis for today's message because in that message I referenced three Psalms, Psalm 61, Psalm 62, and Psalm 63. Last week we did Psalm 61, and today we will continue, and now we will dive into our second passage, Psalm 62. So the title of today's message is Psalm 62. This small series that we're doing is gonna be different from other messages because it's gonna be shorter. And again, it's going to be a reflective message for us to spend time meditating on the psalm and allowing us, giving us the opportunity to pray and to meditate on the Lord in His Word. Amen? So with that, let's go ahead and begin and read Psalm 62. Just keep in mind, in the original, the whole verses is from 1 through 12. But we're just going to focus on verse 1 through 8. And I broke it down into three sections. The first section is verse 1 to 2. The second section is verse 3 to 4. And the third section is 5 to 8. So let's begin. The heading says, For the director of music for Jethuthum, a psalm of David. Let's begin. Verse 1. Truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down? This leaning wall, this, is, this tottering fence. Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight the in lies with their mouths. They bless, but in their hearts, they curse. Yes, my soul find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock. My refuge trust in him at all times you people pour out your hearts to him for God is our refuge amen and amen Amen. let's go right into our point number one number one is rely and trust in the Lord quietly quietly can we turn to our neighbor and quietly say rely and trust in the lord quietly <laughs> quietly as a sniper waits for its enemy as they are patient and waiting for the target so point letter a a b c a is remain silent b remain fixed c remain immovable in other words unmovable don't move don't move like a tree firmly fixed and confidently rooted in the Lord it is rooted in the ground as it is fixed we too must be like a tree firmly fixed and confidently rooted in the Lord in every season of our lives I reference verse 1 through 2 in our main passage Psalm 62 what does it say It says, truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. Who is David speaking to? Who is he speaking about? He's talking about in who? Who? Who is he firmly fixed? Who is he talking about when he says the fortress That he will not be shaken. Who is the rock? And who is his salvation? It's the same for us. It's our rock and our salvation. It is my fortress as well. And I too will not be shaken. It's who? It's in the Lord. It is Elohim. It's talking about Elohim. It's the Lord. It's God himself. The Elohim, the word echoes throughout the scriptures. All throughout scripture, you find that word in Genesis 1.1. It says, in the beginning, God, God created the heavens and the earth, Elohim. We see it in Exodus 3.14, where God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am, I am has sent me to you. I am God, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I am the Lord, the living God. I am who I am. My favorite passage, Isaiah forty-one. I'm gonna speak on a few verses here, four verses. We're gonna skip around by verse nine to ten and thirteen to fourteen. It says in verse nine, "I" is talking about God. I took you from the ends of the earth, from as far as corners. I called you. I said, "You are my servant." I have chosen you and have not rejected you. That is a promise from who? From Elohim. Going to verse ten. So do not fear, for I am with you. God is with us. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Skipping to verse 13, same chapter Isaiah 41. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. I, Elohim. And lastly, Isaiah 41, verse 14, the next verse. Do not be afraid, you warm Jacob, little Israel. Do not fear, for I myself will help you, declares the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. And how can we hold on to this promise? Because the scripture tells us. It tells us. It tells us to hold on to this promise. Why? Because the Bible makes it very clear to all of us as we read the word. When we are at home reading, when we're at work reading, when we're meditating on his word, the scripture tells us that God is not someone who will lie. Numbers verse chapter 23 verse 19. God is not human that he should lie. Not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? No. Every promise that he gives, he fulfills it to the full. And it overflows. Our God is never late. Hebrews thirteen eight. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's a scripture that I mention often here in our church. Our God is the same forever. Do you believe that and do you know that? Because the scripture tells us so. Not because I feel like it's true, but because it is true. James 1, 17, who does not change like shifting shadows. It does not change. He is constant. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we need to allow that to be etched, etched and tattooed in our hearts. It cannot leave us because of emotions, because of situations and circumstances. It is permanently etched into our hearts, and we must know it in every season of our lives. As a Psalmist in chapter nineteen, David he declares in verse one, "The heavens declare the glory of what? Elohim, God. The skies proclaim the work." of his hands that is why we are here worshiping him and we rely and trust in the Lord quietly because as Isaiah 41 tells us you little warm Jacob we are too small we are nothing we think we are everything but we are not we need to humble ourselves and worship the king of kings and the Lord of Lords in humility We must worship Him. We must declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Amen. Amen. So rely and trust in the Lord quietly. Remain silent. Remain fixed. Remain immovable. Point number two. Confront and face evil courageously courageously in other words boldly bravely confidently fearlessly to many of us we live as chickens we're too afraid afraid of everything we want to be accepted by everyone and we fall for everything because we don't stand for one thing and that's standing on christ if you stand on Christ, if you stand in Christ, if you walk with Christ, then you will confront and face evil daily. This is not a one-time event, one-time thing, what happened two, three years ago, but daily we are fighting the battle, and we must be brave and strong. Even in our fears, we must be courageous. Because it is the Lord that allows us to be bold. It is the Lord that gives us strength to endure. If there's a total of 22 officers in the force, okay, follow the number. If there's a total number of 22 officers in the force, and out of the 22, 20 are good and 2 are corrupted, right? You got it? So 20 are good, and two are corrupted, there's a total of 22 officers. You may even say, hey, that's not a bad team. Only two are corrupted, two are bad. I mean, it could be worse, it could be half and half. However, when things go down, and the 20 who are righteous do nothing. Let's say the two commit a crime, and they do something evil, and they try to cover up for their crime and the 20 who are quote-unquote good and they do nothing, then no longer are there 20 good officers and two bad officers. Rather, you have 22 bad corrupted officers in the force. All of them have become corrupt. Meaning, in other words, those who remain silent are also at fault because they did nothing and are doing nothing to get rid of the bad apple. In other words, we must be our brother's keeper. In a team setting, we are only strong as our weakest link. You are only strong as your weakest link. You could have inflated thighs and legs, inflated arms and biceps, but if your core, the core is the most important part of your body, In terms of mechanics, body mechanics, the core and the back. If your core and your back are not strong enough in your lift and in your workouts, then you are considered actually weak. The whole body balance and the body mechanics are off. All it takes is one loose screw for it to start the destruction of the body to bring the whole roller coaster down like the movie Final Destination. Leak eventually, daily, as it leaks, leak by leak, eventually the roof will come tumbling down. So, with this point, confront and face evil courageously. Be careful and choose wisely, because the Psalm reminds us, letter A, who you choose to spend your time with. B, who you choose to allow in your inner circle. C, who you choose to give your attention to. D, who you choose to listen to. E, who you choose to speak to. F, who you choose to share a meal with. In other words, to dine with. Let's just take a moment to reflect on these sub points real quick. Just in our own personal lives, let's try to apply it. Who do we spend our time with? Who is in our inner circle? To who do we give our attention to? Who do we listen to? Who do we speak to? Who do we share a meal with? In other words, what I'm asking is, are there any leaks in our lives today? Because eventually, you think it's okay, and it's good, and it's okay. You could handle both, one foot here, one foot there, in the world, and in God. But you are leaking. And eventually, as you're leaking, what happens? The roof will come tumbling down at an instant. And by then, it will be too late. The damage will be irreversible. You cannot reverse that damage. It's too late. At the restaurant in our meeting, we ran into some individuals. We could even say, quote-unquote, evil individuals. And when we're in a restaurant and we encounter people who are far gone in the world and their hearts are full of pride and evil, just take a listen. Sometimes, just go somewhere this week inside a cafe or a restaurant. Eat by yourself. And just listen. Listen like a creepy person, right? No, I'm just kidding. Just try to listen to what the people around you are talking about. Inside cafes. And you know through, especially with the conviction of the Holy Spirit, right? All of us, were Christians, so we have the conviction of the Holy Spirit. We know as to what people are about by what they speak. To know if the heart The mouth is a reflection of the heart to know if the heart is full of evil and is influenced by the evil one or is full of the self or is it full of the spirit of God, full of the love and the presence of Christ. So how we speak and what we speak gives a huge tell as to reveal who we really are. How and what comes out of our mouths is very crucial. Because the Bible in James chapter 3, verse 9 to 12, it says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this shall not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring?" My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Amen and amen. Amen. If you look at the back with the map here from the Atlantic to the Pacific, We could see the the division of the water, that it doesn't, it cannot blend together. It has to do with the salt level. And we understand that as Christians, our tongue, the things that come out of our mouths, it must match the presence of Christ, the life of a Christian must speak differently, must live differently, you must act differently. And from this passage we can see and we we understand and we know that the tongue has a power of life and death. It will either lead you to hell or to life. So when a group of evil men who are speaking coarsely or a group of evil women who are into their gossip, and they don't realize that their tongue, that their mouth, those things that they're speaking about is leading them straight to hell. Coarse tongue, gossip tongue, we call it out or we walk away. We do not allow ourselves to dine in their presence. It's one or the other. Do not be foolish by staying and continuing to speak with fools. For they, their mouths are full of evil. For their hearts have been corrupted by evil. For their hearts have become evil. As it says here in our main passage, verse 3 to 4, our second section of this psalm. In Psalm 62, it says, how long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down? this leaning wall, this tottering fence. Let's try to understand exactly what David is saying in verse 3. How long will you assault me? Who is assaulting him? It's the evil man, it's the evil woman, it's the evil people who are in the side of Satan. Those who are in the side of the world, in the side of Satan, spiritually speaking, they will be against you because we live a life that has the presence of the Holy Spirit, that has the presence of Christ. So it cannot mix together. So sometimes as Christians you may wonder, why does this person hate me? Why do I sometimes, and this is not a victim mentality, this is the reality of a Christian life. Why sometimes do I get attacked when I am doing nothing wrong and I am being a good individual Godly-centered individual, why am I being attacked in my workplace? Why are these patients attacking me? Why are these assaults and attacks coming at me? These lies and these gossips are coming at me. Why are these attacks coming towards me? Why? Why do they want to kill me? Why do they want to assault me? You need to understand that it's a fight between good and evil. It's a spiritual fight. And they are motivated by Satan because they have gone far too gone. They are lost. Therefore, the evil men and women, here David says, How long will you assault me? Will all of you throw me down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? surely they intend verse 4 to topple me from my lofty place they take delight in lies with their mouths they bless so be careful those who are nice quote unquote nice for their in their mouths we just talked about the power of the mouth in james with their mouths they bless but in their hearts they curse Sometimes, even in my life, I feel like I'm a tottering fence. What's a tottering fence? Like when you drive, you see some of these old fences, right, that are made out of wood. They're about to tumble down because it's not rooted. The foundation is not strong. But don't worry. Remember back to this whole chapter. What did David say in the beginning? He is my rock. He is my salvation. He is my fortress. And I will never be shaken, even in the midst of evil men and evil women. But we cannot count ourselves from going to the dark side. Because as human beings, if we're not careful, we too will live in evil and will be influenced by evil. But as courageous men and women of God, we must stand in righteousness every day, every day, confront and face evil courageously. How? By being careful and choosing wisely who you choose to spend your time with, who you choose to allow in your inner circle, who you choose to give your attention to, who you choose to speak to, who you choose to listen to. Flipping that. Who you choose to share a meal with. Ultimately, the main thing is God, right? Of course, we know that. But what we do in the secondary thing is very important. Because we are relational beings as human beings. If not, you're leaking. And if you're leaking, eventually... Your roof will come tumbling down. The Bible says in Isaiah thirteen eleven, "I will punish the world for its evil. He will not punish the good. He will not punish the godly, but he will punish who evil. What evil? The wicked for their sins." It says, "I will put an end." To the arrogance. Because when there's arrogance, it's evil. Because there's pride. I will put an end to the arrogance of the haughty. And will humble the pride of the ruthless. So whenever you are sitting in a group setting or you hear people, you run into someone from the past. Just take a listen to what they speak about among their friends, among their peers. It will be a telltale of who and where they are in their walk with the Lord. Are they full of pride and arrogance or are they humble and filled with humility? NLT translation says, I, the Lord, will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their sin. I will crush I will crush the arrogance of the pride and humble the pride of the mighty. Psalm 94 verse 23. He will repay them for their sins and destroy them for their wickedness. The Lord our God will destroy them. And when we hear this, we must be fearful. Fearful. We must have reverence for his word. Like I said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forever. The first advent is here. The second advent is coming. He came as a lamb. And now he is coming as a lion. And he is the lion to come to judge the world. the Living and the dead. And when we read this, it's scary. Isaiah 13, Psalm 94. Please, Lord, don't let me be part of these evil men and women. Please don't allow me to be within this category. Please, like John 14, please don't let me be part of the goats where I am ignorant. I'm living for myself. Please allow me to be in the category of the right side, on the right with the sheep. Allow me to be your disciple. Even though I may look like a tottering fence to the world, I may look weak, But I know that my foundation is firmly placed in the rock in the salvation of Christ. So we understand the promise given to the evil. The promise given to the evil is what? God will bring judgment and he will crush and he will punish the evil, the wicked for their sins. But there's a flip side of the coin. And praise God for the flip side on the other side. However, for the godly. Not because we're any better, but because of the faith that we have. Because of Christ, we are no longer part of the arrogant. But we are part of the humble. And we are part of the godly group of people. For the ones who fear the Lord, for the ones who love the Lord... This is our promise, and I'll give you what that promise is. That when attacks come, when evil attacks come, when people gossip about you, when they try to spread rumors about you, this is the promise that's given because we see Joseph as a model of what a Christian should be of what a disciple should be. When there are lies and there are attacks coming against you, we stand firm as Joseph stand firm. And I want to encourage you to read the book of Genesis and know the story of Joseph because what happens to him is really not fair. It's one of the most tragedy of one of the stories in the Bible. Wrongly accused, betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery, goes to prison, wrongly accused. But he stays faithful and steadfast. And at the end of his story, even when he sees his brothers, right, God puts him in a position of a high position so that God can use him for God had a plan for his life. And when he's in that high position in Egypt, in a foreign land that he is not familiar to but has become familiar to because he's lived there now, But by birth, a chosen, part of the chosen of the Jewish people. And we see what he says at the end. And this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And I want to encourage you to memorize this. It's found in Genesis 50 verse 20. And I chose the ESV version because I like this version. of this line this verse what does he say he said as for you you meant evil against me he calls it out for what it is but god meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today what is the context of this? It's a dream that Pharaoh has. Seven years of famine, and seven no, seven years of blessing, and seven years of famine. And Joseph interprets the dream, and that's how the people of God go to Egypt, and that's how the story of Moses begins. How they become slaves in Egypt. But God speaks to Joseph, and he's speaking to us right now. What you meant for evil against me, God meant it for good. Because why? God is sovereign, and God is in control, and God is just, and he will bring about justice where there is evil in the land. Amen? That's the promise that we have. That's why we can confront and face evil courageously, boldly, bravely, fearlessly. And as we do so, we are careful, and we must choose wisely with the soul points that I went over earlier, who we spend our time with, who we dine with. This is the promise that is given to us. Proverbs 14.11 says, The house of the wicked will be destroyed. It will be destroyed, but, transitional contrast word here, the tent of the righteous will flourish. What does it say? Verse 14.11, Wicked will be destroyed, but, the tent of the upright will flourish. Flourish. Complete opposite. Lastly, point number three using Psalm 62 as our reference sit and rest in the Lord completely. Completely. Just completely surrender. All the way. It's not like a pet that is curled up all afraid. But sleeping with everything showing completely. Naked. Resting in the Lord completely. Like Mary is a good example for us. Who sat and rested at the Lord's feet. In times of trouble, do not worry about your enemies. Do not fear the arrows that are flying towards you, towards us. And in our committee head meeting, I shared the word for the year. And I'm sharing it for the first time because, I'll be honest, I wasn't fully confident in sharing the word because I just wasn't sure what it meant especially for this year. And the word and the theme that God has been showing, and, and as I was led to Psalm 91, I felt led to share it with our group, with our team. And it's found in Psalm 91. Specifically, it's in verse 4. But let's go ahead and read Psalm 91, because I believe that this is a message that the Lord has for us, especially for this year, that he is going to cover us. He is our covering. The psalmist, he says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in whom I trust, surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. Verse 4, it says, he will cover you with his feathers. And under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near to me. You only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that, they, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him. For he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen and amen. Amen. This is a promise given to us, a promise that the Lord has given us. He will cover you. He will cover you, in verse 4, with his feathers and under his wings. You will find refuge. Amen and amen. Amen. And as this promise is given to us in Psalm 62, Psalm 61, Psalm 91, as this promise is given to us, may we, like Mary in Luke chapter 10, posture-wise, physically, emotionally, spiritually, may we surrender completely. You need to. That's the only way you're going to live. I mean, it's it can't be more simple than that. It's not complicating. It is very simple. It says, sit and rest in the Lord completely. And what is that setting? Go to Luke 10. Look at the story. The heading says, at the home of Martha and Mary. Remember, they're siblings. They have another sibling, Lazarus. That's the one who dies, and he is raised back to life. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has led me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, You're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. In fact, Jesus brings it down to one, only one. Indeed, only one. And Mary has chosen and remember." Point number two in the sub-point. You must choose wisely. You must be careful and choose wisely. You need to choose for yourself whether you're going to sit at the Lord's feet or you're going to be distracted by everything else. It is our choice. It is our decision to be made. But Mary has chosen. What is what? What is better? And it will not be taken away from Am I condemning people who are hard workers, who are busy serving? No. I'm talking about here, what this passage is talking about is our service to the Lord must come first. Our worship, our rest, our sitting and our worship to him must come first. First. Our service to the Lord must not be busy or self-serving because sometimes we serve because we are actually serving ourselves because we want to look good by being a busy body. Rather, it must be a service, a pure service given to Jesus Christ. By what? By letter A, sitting. B, resting. C, listening. D. Learning E. Being F. Becoming and G. Doing It's not just about being in that state of place but it's all action and becoming and doing and being and then it's a cycle of back and forth every day sit rest, listen, learn, be, become, do. Put it into action. Choose to do so. But the sitting has to come first. It is not the doing and the becoming and then being. But because of I am a Christian, saved by his mercy, I become and I do. It always begins from the sitting, from the relationship that is from Jesus Christ. It is threefold process, being, becoming, doing. That's why I love the book of James, because it brings balance to the Bible. It really does, because it reminds us that in the same way, in verse 17, James 2:17, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead amen and amen Amen. last and third section let's read it together verse 5 to 8 in psalm 62 ready one two three yes my soul find rest in god my hope comes from him truly he is my rock and my salvation He is my fortress, I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Amen. And amen. And David, he repeats himself as he did in the first section. In verse 1 to 2, he says it again. The same thing, same line. He repeats it again. In verse 5 and 6. Yes, truly, my soul, my nephesh, my life, my being, find rest in God. My salvation, my hope comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress, and I will not be shaken. Amen. And amen. So what is Psalm 62 reminding us of? In this Psalm, in the midst of trials and difficulties, and we're under attack, simply what we need to do is number one, rely and trust in the Lord quietly. Remain silent. Remain fixed. Remain immovable as Mary did. In Luke 10, when you're in a classroom, you're not trying to talk over your teacher, right? Your professor. Sometimes if you see that in college, I'm like, they always want to up the professor, but we must stay silent and learn from our teacher. Remain fixed, remain immovable. But number two, confront and face evil courageously. Don't cower away. Be courageous, be confident, not in yourself, but in who you are, in Christ, in God. Be confident in Christ. Be confident in Elohim. And how, how do we confront and face evil? We are careful and we choose wisely who we choose to spend our time with, who we choose to allow in our inner circle, who we choose to give our attention to, who we choose to listen to, who we choose to speak to who we choose to share a meal with. And lastly, sitting and resting in the Lord completely, tying it in with the rest of the points, point number one and point number two. One side is to sit and rest and listen and be in his presence, but another side is to fight, be confident. We are warriors. We sit and rest in the Lord completely. And we use Psalm 91 as our reference. Verse 4. He will cover you with his feathers. And under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield. And one part. Amen and amen. By how? By sitting. We separate that because it's an action. It's not just in the state of where you are. But doing. Resting. Listening. Learning. Being. Becoming. Amen. Amen. Again, this was not intended with purpose, choosing the last song under the shadow of the Almighty as our, to match it with Psalm 91, with the word for the year and all that. Everything in God, there's no accidents. Everything in the Lord, there is purpose and a reason to why he does what he does. And if you look at the title, under the shadow of the Almighty, it pretty much covers what we talked about today. Verse 4, where it says, He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. And with that truth and with that promise, may we pray to him today and may we meditate on his word today, on the message and may we worship him by singing this song together and may we Focus on the Lord as Mary focused on the Lord in Luke 10. May we sit and rest at his feet. Amen? Amen. So with that, I want to invite you, uh, if you could close your eyes with me, and with our heads bowed, not being distracted by what's around us, by the arrows that are flying over us and towards us, May we put our focus in the Lord here today. And may we remember Psalm 62, the promise of the Father, that He loves us and He will not abandon us. Let's take this time to reflect and to pray to our Father in Heaven. Can we pray together? Heavenly Father, we're in need of your touch. We need you here today more than yesterday. Heavenly Father, we hold on to the promises of your word. That, God, that you will not leave us, nor will you forsake us. And, God, that we are firmly rooted and planted in the foundation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, if there there are any leaks in our lives where we are compromising and we are allowing Satan to work in us, may we turn to you, turn to the one who will rescue us, to the one who will fix us, to the one who will repair us. And God, may we be filled with the overflow of your holy presence, and may we be covered under the shadow, under the feathers, under the wings, of our Father, of Elohim. Lord, we need you here today. Lord, protect us. Protect us. Give us hearts of confidence to live courageously for you, for your kingdom, and for your glory. Lord, we need you here today, more today than yesterday. Holy Spirit, strengthen us. stand to our feet. Let's sing and worship together. Let's start with Almighty God
0: before your presence. Let us worship together. Almighty God, before your presence. that healed my soul
1: in mind of Psalm 62 and Psalm 91 with the word covering, let me go ahead and read the story of Mary once again. And may we put ourselves in this position as we're sitting at the Lord's feet and resting at His feet and listening to Him. And as we dine with Him, when we give ourselves completely to Him, completely surrender and give all of our worries, all of our concerns. All of our pride, all of our arrogance, all of our sins, let's lay them down at the feet of our King, of our Elohim. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Heavenly Father, we sit at your feet, and we listen to your voice, and we choose to follow you wholeheartedly, O God. We will choose what is better, that is to be under the shadow, under the covering, under the protection, under the shadow of your wings, of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for this message and for reminding us here today of who our Lord is and who is our provider and who is our protector. Or you our Elohim, our Lord and our King. We give you all the glory and all the honor. We thank you. We love you. Pray all these things. And your precious Son, Jesus Christ, and we pray. And God's people pray. Amen. Amen 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 all right now let's close our service with our closing song and then with our benediction let us worship him let us not grow jaded with the song but let us really mean everything that we sing everything that we say and worship him in spirit and in truth let us sing together
0: my righteous name
1: together for the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you and may the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. May the unending pursuit, may the unending grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the gentle counsel and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit continue to guide us Strengthen us and protect us forevermore. And as God's people we pray, amen Amen. Amen. and amen. amen. God bless you. I love you. I will see you all in the back. God bless you.